Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Very passionate. Bird, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Call on a number, leave everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the ain't easy being green podcast broadcasting to you live from beautiful amazing picturesque crystal lake studios in putnam valley new york my name is keith farrell i am joined on the line as always by my colleague and co-host none other than the biggest jet fan in the state of texas michael lagaris everyone what's up what is up and blessing us with his presence once again, live from the Wookiee compound, the majestic beast, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk, everyone. What is going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us, everybody, this week. Part two of the QB Chronicles is going to come at you shortly with Darnell Dixon. Zach Wilson is the topic this week. Wook and Mike, he's basically the, he's the hottest topic here in New York when it comes to that number two pick. The guy that pundits, a lot of Jet fans, a lot of writers, uh, you see, have him going to the Jets at number two in that mock draft. Got an expert on the line with us to chop it up this week. Give us some insight, just like last week with Bill Rabinowitz. This week, we've got Darnell Dixon. has been covering football for BYU, basketball, volleyball. He does it all, Darnell. Great guy, funny dude. Me and Mike got a chance to talk with him. Very, very insightful conversation. A few little technical difficulties. We're going to let everybody know that now. But great interview on the whole. Before we get to that, though, we got to talk about one topic that I thought me and Mike just thought was hysterical now. In the league this week, Carson Wentz, we know, got dealt to the Indianapolis Colts. He, he rides into the Colts after being dealt with a monster contract, as you guys know. Yep. The face of the franchise now there in Indianapolis. They gave up a third, probably gave up a future first, as long as he plays next season. And he rolls in and says, hey, Michael Pittman, let me just, you know, like most quarterbacks do, like Brady did last year with Godwin. Yep. Completely yep. different pedigree, Brady, I know. But Wentz comes in, Michael Pittman, let me get that number 11. I've been playing with it forever. And guys, Michael Pittman basically hit him with a Derrick Henry stiff arm. He did. Is that what he hit him with? He, he got Michael, him with the RKO out of nowhere, bro. Mike loves this, everyone. Mike loves this story. <laughs> because you thought you would think Wentz could just ride in after what they give up for him in his contract. It's not like Michael Pittman has some street cred right now. <laughs> Michael Pittman has Michael Pittman has 500 yards, one TD. He got 500 and he's, he, like, yeah, he's like, I'm good. So no, you ain't taking a look. He told Wentz, no, I'm good. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> Stories like this in sports just make everything great. And then just oh, put God. a cherry on top of this. Now we're all laughing about it. <laughs> Wentz just gets rejected. Doesn't get his number. You've never really heard of this before. You know, quarterbacks, they're going to be giving you the ball. Normally, they kind of get the number they want, right, guys? And then we find out today that the New York Mets, as you know, a nice deal. $23 million for Taewon Walker. Tremendous deal. I'm a big-time Mets fan. Mike's a huge Mets fan, too. Good job by the Mets. Going out there, yep. grabbing as a back end of the rotation starter. Besides the point, Taewon Walker wanted double zero. Approaches yep. the Mets. He says, look, let me get that double zero. You know, you know what the Mets say? <laughs> That's Mr. Mets' number, bro. That's <laughs> Mr. Mets' number. You can't have double zero, okay? Yo, the mascot took your number, bro. The mascot? The mascot. You can't even get it from Mr. the mascot. Mr. Mets is a mascot. He's, He's right He's here, guys. Staple. 
He's right here, guys. Look at that. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Mr. Matt got to keep his number, and Carson Wentz couldn't even get his number. No. No. It's just the best. I mean, Carson dude, Wentz. Some dude in a, Met, in a Mr. Met costume kept the number. A real human being, Carson Wentz, a quarterback, couldn't get his number. Yeah. I mean, and we know. Guys, QB Chronicles coming up. Zach Wilson, don't get me wrong. But we had to get to that because that's just the funniest thing I've ever heard. The fact that Mr. <laughs> Matt, Mr. Matt will still be repping double zero next year. Carson, Carson Wentz is- And he said he's been wearing 11 since Pee Wee football. So yeah. He's at 11 years old. No, he's crushed. <laughs> I feel like Pittman looked at his phone and he, he like texted back. He was like, Nah, I'm good. Send. <laughs> yes. And you know, just kept playing Madden with his boys or something. You know, like, oh, it made me so happy. <laughs> you know, the memes know, are coming man. out about that. He, he, you know, that's his quarterback. I mean, his career is dependent on how but Wentz does. But he also knows you know. that Wentz's career depends on him as well. Well, he I can mean, throw to other guys, but no, of course. But yeah. I mean, that's the guy there. Yeah, you don't see that a lot, man. They talked to Chris Godwin about it. Now he gave up his number, obviously to Tom Brady. Right, little right. bit of a different situation. Of you course, basically, you basically have no choice, right? Tom Brady still did right by him, from what I heard, for Chris Godwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Chris Godwin's like, you got no choice. That's the guy who's going to be throwing you the ball. Just give him the number. <laughs> I mean, it's not that serious. He's but like, next, I can buy with fourteen now. <laughs> we know a guy who uh, now has moved himself up to top prospect status. His number last year at BYU was number one, one Zach Wilson. We're going to get to him, chop it up with Darnell Dixon right now, guys. Give you some insight on our potential future Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, BYU Cougar. Let's go. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Part two of the Quarterback Chronicles this week. We're continuing on with a little help from Daily Herald journalist, covers football, covers basketball, unabashedly also covers volleyball. I saw on his Twitter, Darnell Dixon joining us. Darnell, thank you very much, man. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be with you. You know, and like we said before we started the show, obviously Zach Wilson has been on the tip of everybody's tongues here in New York. Um, a lot of the conversations in my chats with my friends, uh, with my dad, with Mike, with everybody here in New York is revolving obviously around who we're going to take number two. And most mock drafts you look at, you see Zach Wilson sitting there at number two. He kind of had a, a Joe Burrow-like kind of ascension from off the radar to right to the top of the NFL draft boards, at least on a national level. Um, when it comes to people here in New York, his hype trains kind of in full effect. And what I want to ask you, are you surprised at all coming off his sophomore season i know he had some injuries there turned it around in 2020 but did you expect this from him going into this year did you have him pegged heading into this season as a top of the nfl draft prospect we knew coming into summer camp and into fall camp that he was going to be healthy and we were impressed with the things he had done when he was healthy before uh, we felt like most most people that followed the team thought they've got some depth they've got a good offensive line uh, their schedule, who knows what's going to happen there. But um, but for him to make this meteoric rise, yeah, it's it's definitely a big surprise. Uh, we, we we After watching him, we kind of felt talented kid, you know, he's got some potential. But the, the circumstances surrounding 2020 really allowed him to step forward and be seen. Uh, it, you know, there weren't were, were many teams playing college football when BYU got started at the, the beginning of September sure. and, you know, Pac-12 wasn't playing, Big Ten wasn't playing. So, so he got a center stage and I think he took real advantage of that. And uh, now he's on a path, as you mentioned, at top two or three draft choice. That, that's pretty heady stuff, even for BYU fans who have had a load of good quarterbacks in their, in their uh, careers. 
Yeah, yeah. You guys have had Steve Young. You had a couple other guys. Um, and Ty Deppner. <laughs> Ty Deppner. That's right. That's right. Um, Looking, you know, going back to 2018, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, both came in that same year as Zach Wilson. Uh, both, all three of them came in, and obviously Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were considered the top two uh, recruits and uh, prospects going in. And Zach Wilson. Really was an unknown until that 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 bowl game when he went 18 for 18 and threw a bunch of touchdowns and that's when he kind of put his name out there on the field. My question to you is, uh, what type of athlete or what type of prospect was he was he coming out of high school and go getting into BYU? He had, he had committed to Boise State. And then BYU made some changes with his offensive staff. Actually, Ty Detmer was the offensive coordinator. He got let go, and Kalani Sataki was looking for a quarterback. And he thought, it was interesting, Zach came to their camp the year before, and Kalani wanted to offer him right then. But Ty had already committed to, as it turns out, his nephew, a kid named Zadik Dinkelman. Uh, and, and so BYU didn't offer Zach Wilson. And plus his family, was, they were big Utah fans, and so it didn't quite work out that way. But once Kalani Sataki made the change to go with Jeff Grimes at offensive coordinator he said we need a quarterback that can run this system and i think it's zach wilson so they went and put the full court press on him he decommitted from boise state committed to byu so he, he was a good prospect uh his freshman year he ended up being a backup to tanner mangum for the beginning of the season which was the tougher part of the schedule and then about midway through they gave zach the reins and kind of let him push through and see what he could do so his 2018 season and then his 2019 season, I know his 2019 season had a few, there was a couple of injury concerns there, like you highlighted with the uh, the shoulder and then the hand. Um, and then in 20, uh, this year, 2020, he really took a giant leap. Obviously, now he's being mentioned as being drafted higher than Justin Fields. Even some NFL circles say that he's the actual number one recruit or, or number one prospect coming into the NFL, even over a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Unbelievable. Um, what do you think was the biggest factor in his big rise in, in 2020? Well, as I mentioned, with the 2020 being the season that it was, he got a chance to showcase. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of BYU quarterbacks over the years, and uh, some of them are just, you know, really efficient and make the right throws. Zach had at least two or three throws every game where you just dropped your job. Like, yeah. how did he do that? Right. He, he goes out of the pocket and throws 70 yards on a dime to somebody. Uh, he hit somebody in stride under pressure. Um, he just made those kind of, of throws and you started thinking, OK, he's really got something special going here and people are able to see it. Um, you know, being being at BYU, sometimes they're on national TV, but generally there's a lot of competition for games in Big Ten and SEC and those sort of things. And, and he had the stage. And, and just, I think that's why one of the reasons why he was started to get paid attention to. And also, you know, scouts were not able to make the personal visits that they normally do. They were watching a lot of video, I think. Yeah. And, and that, that was the video yeah. that was available was Zach Wilson. And, you know, one of the um, one of the other knocks you hear um, for people that don't know as much about Wilson as you are just kind of looking at it from all the way outside looking in is just the competition that BYU plays. Sure. Right. So you hear that you see guys like Fields and Lawrence and Trask and, and Mac Jones, they're all playing, you know, kind of top of the top of the NCAA level competition. Not that BYU played a pathetic schedule. They didn't. They were kind of ranked right in the middle of the pack there. But do you think that's kind of overblown when it comes to Wilson? When you hear people say that, do you think that, that that's just something to 
to, you know, kind of put aside because there's plenty of quarterbacks like a Josh Allen or, or a Wentz or, you know, even Steve Young. We can name a bunch of guys that played at schools just like um, just like Wilson and did had plenty of success in the NFL. Yeah, it, it should be noted that his sophomore year, he engineered victories at Tennessee and home against USC. So he likes to bring that up. Mike likes yeah. to bring that up to everyone. You're right. There you go. <laughs> he, he's played some good teams and yeah. done well against them. Um, I think the thing that you look at this year with the schedule they played was not only did he do well against them uh, at BYU dominated. They really took yeah. it to these yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah. Zach's, Zach's, he's, early in the season, he's completing like 80% of his passes. Nobody does that. Not even against air. Again, in practice, <laughs> guys don't probably complete 80% of their passes. So I think those numbers indicate that that he had something good going. And, and like I said, the fact that he has played in some games against some really quality teams and done well. Um, give, give him, I think people can look at that factor, but I, I think there's mitigating factors in that, that that you can look at and say, okay, that doesn't really matter as much. If you watch him play, if you watch the tape, you see the skills are there. You see the throws are there. You see the arm strength yeah. is there. Right. Yeah. And when in this year, when I was looking at their strength of schedule, there's teams and I wrote it down. So I didn't forget Georgia Tech, Colorado, Florida State, Duke, Boise State, um, even Coastal Carolina, who they didn't play that good against, but was a really good team this year. BYU had a much a tougher schedule than all those teams, according to the NCAA, at least. So give them a little bit more credit, people. But regardless of who we played, he played great. And the numbers were, you know, numbers were startling. He threw an interception the first game of the season, then didn't throw another one until ha- the Halloween game. It's about that's about yeah. three months later. So I mean, that's that's he only had three interceptions the whole year. He's seventy three percent completion percentage. Um, you know, a ton of attempts there too. So the numbers jump out at you, and you, you kind of just said it right there. What the experts who know a lot more about football than I'll ever know rave about is his arm strength, the arm talent, what he can do with the deep ball. Is that the trait you think when you look at him? Is it just the arm talent shoots out at you first as some? that you know will translate to the NFL? Yeah, that's probably the number one thing. I was thinking today, too, you know, that people like to make comparisons to guys. Like, is he Patrick Mahomes? Is is he yep. is he Aaron Rodgers or whatever? The guy that I think he plays a lot like is another Wilson, Russell Wilson at Seattle. Interesting. I see, I see a lot of, of gamesmanship that Russell Wilson – and I, I saw Russell – I was actually working in uh, Nebraska at the at Lincoln Journal Star when – when Nebraska joined the Big Ten, and their first game was at Wisconsin, and that's his ability to get out of the pocket and and make plays out of the pocket. I mean, you would no one consider Russell Wilson a runner necessarily, but he gets a lot of yards out of the pocket if he needs to, and he's yeah. able to get out of the pocket and get the ball to guys. So that's kind of the thing that I see with Zach is not only the arm strength, but his ability to to get out of the pocket and make plays. Nice. So so nice. question for you: See the jersey right next to me, Chad Pennington. He's a uh, my favorite New York Jet quarterback since I've been alive. He's really been the best Jet quarterback out there. But he had a problem. His problem was staying on the field, you know, mm-hmm. injuries um, with him. And if it wasn't for injuries, Keith will tell you right now, he would have most likely maybe have led us to a Super Bowl, but definitely way more po- postseason wins. So our question, my question is shaped around Zach Wilson and is his injury. Like we know his sophomore season, he had the shoulder, he had the hand, you know, it. Do you believe that he could take an NFL hit? Do, is a, the injury uh, question an actual concern that we should be worried about with him going forward? Yeah, in 2020, he wasn't hit an awful lot, except for the, the game against Coastal Carolina where that dude went a little ballistic on him after an interception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's able to take a hit. He's a solid dude. They list him at 210. I'm sure he'll get stronger in the NFL. Um, so I don't think that's an issue at this point. It wasn't one of those things where he, he was injury prone because he was getting hit in games and couldn't play. It was, it was right. other 
circumstances, I think. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that his shoulder was because, you know, he was throwing a lot. It's a high school. It was a yeah. high school thing. And then the hand was just, it's a broken hand, you know? So, yeah. All right. Yeah, and he did come back and play, too, after the broken hand. Am I correct? He did. Yeah, he missed like two or three games and yeah. then came back. Yeah. So there you go. That shows you some toughness right there, you know? You yeah. didn't have to do that. Came back and slung it. Now, in relation to our beloved New York Jets and the city of New York, this can be overblown sometimes uh, when it comes to playing in New York and all that nonsense. But they do hound everybody. Whether you're the last guy in the roster or the first guy in the roster, 20 million people in the New York metro area, so a lot of advertisements and media and radio shows and podcasts and such. Do you think he's someone that that's not going to bother at all? Does he strike you as someone that would have any issue being being in the big city and the big apple kind of being the face of a franchise. Zach's, Zach's a cool dude. Um, as the BYU quarterback, there's nobody at BYU that does more interviews that is under more scrutiny than a BYU quarterback. And he knows that he knew that was stepping into that when he came to BYU. Um, he handles that really well. I mean, listen, this dude graduated from high school early to his senior prom. He took not one, but two BYU cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this, this guy is, this guy is winning, okay? He yeah. <laughs> Doesn't get better than that. No, no, it doesn't. Now, now, here, here is a question for you. Uh, we drafted Sam Darnold in 2018. Sam had a terrible offensive line. And one of the things that happens with a bad offensive line is, is handling the blitz. And he's terrible at handling the blitz. Uh, I, you probably seen way more Zach Wilson than we have. How does Zach handle pressure? How does he take players coming at him and being yeah. able to execute with that? Yeah, you know, he had a really good offensive line this year, Zach did. Um, a couple of guys probably going to get chances in the NFL. Um, maybe one of the best BYU offensive lines we've seen. Um, and, and we know in the NFL, it's all about, you know, what you have around you, uh, especially when you're a young quarterback as you're learning the trade. Um, he's a guy that will stand in there for sure. Um, I, I just hope that he gets a little support from, um, you know, and a little bit of seasoning. I, 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 know, I know it's fun to think a guy can come in right away and play right away and be a star. Man, that's tough in the NFL. So I, I hope he gets an opportunity to, to learn and get comfortable before he gets thrown into the mix there. Yeah, you so, see so many of these guys nowadays are set up and almost seems like they're set up to fail because you don't have any time yeah. to really mature at all. And I hope that yeah. doesn't happen. It already happened with Sam Darnold with the Jets. We've done it with some other quarterbacks. I hope we put him in a nice fertile environment if he does come to the team. I'm sorry, Mike, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, and then the one other thing that we wanted to ask was his uh, character. And uh, some, there were some questions around the fact that he wasn't a captain. Um, I did hear what... I don't, and I was just going to ask if you could confirm if this is the truth, um, that there are uh, missions that some of the athletes at BYU go under and uh, they're gone for a certain amount of time. They come back and a lot of them are much older. Um, and Zach Wilson was not an older player. So at first uh, there, he wasn't selected as one of the captains and it was more because of the the missions and the elder uh statesmen that played uh were considered leadership and then halfway through the season they decided to then make zach a captain it wasn't because of his character but just was because of the situation there at byu yeah i did see some some pictures of him with a c on his jersey while he played so and the coaches keep those things secret they even tell us whether they vote on it or the kid the, the players voted on it so it's hard to say. I can tell you about his character from what I observed. Um, he's very well respected among his teammates. 
really hard worker. I mean, this is a guy that during the spring and summer, every other weekend practically would drive from Utah to Southern California, a 10 hour drive uh, to work out with John Beck and QB3D. Thing you'd say about Zach is that he's very confident in his skills. He's very confident in his ability. And I think you need that in a quarterback. I mean, Absolutely. it's it's nice if, if, if you're a nice guy and everyone likes you, but sometimes quarterbacks can be a bit of a jerk. I don't know if he's a jerk, but I just feel like he's got that moxie that he needs to be a leader at the next level. And and I, I know that when the word came out over social media that he was kind of a spoiled brat and entitled, a bunch of people ran to his defense, players, coaches, they're saying that's absolutely not true. So I, I don't put any credence in, in that report at all. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because that was interesting. Do you think that was just some like backroom NFL gamesmanship? Because I saw oh, sure. it out and you, it was and the report, you know, it was almost like too specific for it to be real because it just it buried the kid across the board, right? Everything yeah. about him, he's the worst kid. His parents are the worst. Is everything about him? He's not a leader. This that and I saw that. And I'm me and Mike because at, at this point in the season, the Jets are in tankathon. We're thinking about quarterback Zach Wilson, Lawrence, all this type of stuff. And you saw that. And you know, for a brief day there, we were like, well, maybe this kid's jerk and then adam schefter came out like you said everybody in the planet refuted that report what do you think that was was you think you think that was just nfl uh gamesmanship in so far as trying to maybe lower his draft stocks another team might be able to jump on top of him yeah i think that was somebody with their fingers crossed going i hope everybody believes this because we want him to fall to like eight or ten <laughs> <laughs> now, there, there's, no, there's nothing to that yeah so where do you see him in the Darnell Dixon 2021 mock draft? Where do you see Zach Wilson going? Do you think it's the Jets? Do you think it's maybe the Falcons, a surprise team? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I mean, you guys would know better than I do what the Jets are thinking. I I, I feel like he's going to go in the top three spots. You know, we, we talk about – I do a radio show occasionally with a, a former BYU player, Ben Criddle, uh, here locally, and – and we, we talk about, you know, where does he fit into BYU's uh, quarterback factory? And we see him somewhere as in a career, like somewhere in the 10 to 11, 12 range. And BYU's had a lot of great quarterbacks. Sure. For a season, like his season he had this year in 2020, he's elite. That's, that's one of the top seasons ever at BYU. And in terms of wow. be, being a, a pro prospect, he might be the best BYU's ever produced. Wow, the most, really? Uh, even most, even most, more than Steve Young? Yeah, Steve Young was a runner in college. He, he was kind of a quarterback. He started out for a running back at BYU. And then he was like seventh-string quarterback. So he, he, he made himself into a great quarterback. Zach has all the tools. He might be the best BYU quarterback prospect in the NFL. That's really saying something, too. I mean, you think last year um, – he was, I think it was sixth all-time quarterback rating in the history of NCAA. It was like a 196 or something like that. I mean, that's like, I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have played football. So, I mean, a lot of, you could say he plays at BYU or wherever he plays. That's tremendous no matter where you're lining up. You know, that's very yeah. impressive. And, you know, I know a couple of weeks ago, um, and you mentioned this earlier, Ryan Clark and a couple other people were on Get Up on ESPN. And they actually compared him to Aaron Rodgers and to Patrick Mahomes. And you went ahead and said he reminds you of Russell Wilson. So will you go ahead right now and guarantee us he's going to be better than all three of those guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Go that, on why, not? why not? <laughs> That's right. I'm an expert. I'm an expert when it comes to quarterbacks. So, Darnell, can, can I ask you something? Uh, sure. In Alabama, there is a contingent. There is a, a fan base, a Jet fan base, because they all love the Jets because – Joe Namath 
went to the Jets and, you know, did well. So there's actually a group of Jet fans down there. We found out. We're like, wow, there's a group of these guys. It's great. Zach Wilson comes to the New York Jets and actually becomes a star. Will there be a contingent Jet fan base there out in Utah? Absolutely. I mean, there, there's a New Orleans fan base now because of Taysom Hill. There you go. Right? Oh, there you go. You know, Daniel Sorensen with the Chiefs. There's a bunch of Chiefs fans out here now. See, ima uh, now imagine you have a quarterback playing in the in New York at the top of the NFL. I think we could get oh. all these guys. We could sway them, Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, so so Utah doesn't have a professional team, there you right? Go. So, there you go. So they they've kind of adopted the 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 Denver Broncos on occasion. When Steve Young played with the 49ers, I think oh, it was a yeah. a 49ers state. Absolutely. If, if Zach Wilson goes to the Jets and takes him to the playoffs and the, and the championship game and the Super Bowl, it'll be a New York state of mind here in Utah. It will be. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Oh, All right. Well, man. this has been a pleasure, man. We thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us, Darnell. If anyone does want to get at you, support you in any way, shape, or form, all things Darnell Dixon, where could they do that? Uh, Twitter handle at Darnell Writes. And uh, HeraldExtra.com is the website where everything goes up, where we write. So it's uh, it's basketball season, but spring football is Monday. So oh, wow. we're ready to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right around the corner. Because of the yeah. COVID year, we're not wasting no time this year. All right, nope. thank you very much, man. We really appreciate it, Darnell. All right. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, guys. That was great job by Darnell Dixon. It was good to talk to him. A lot of good insight there, Mike. Little few technical difficulties, like we said, but you got the gist, basically what he was saying. Yeah. I feel like we got a really good report on Justin Fields, but I don't think too many things in talking to Bill or Benjamin's Mike surprised us. I think we got a lot of good stories, but Justin Fields is kind of who we thought he was. I think with Zach Wilson, we got some nuggets here because there was questions when it comes, at least nationally, for a little while there, Mike. There was some character concerns, which. No one knows where that quote came from, yep. but Darnell shot that down. You had a couple questions about that, Mike. One about the captaincy, one about his character concerns. Before we get to the other stuff, he did a pretty good job of explaining that that doesn't seem like it's the case at all when it comes to him, and he is somebody of a high character level, hard worker, someone that would fit in here and not really make any waves. Um, he was the Jet quarterback next year. Yeah, there was no concerns there with his character, no concerns with his leadership. They say they loved him, loved him over there. It was really good context. Um, he explained that uh, as a recruit, you know, he came in three-star recruit, wasn't considered to be, you know, a super talented kid, you know, coming in, but within that freshman year really made an impression. Uh, at this point, he says he's the best BYU quarterback he has ever seen. And uh, he definitely believes that uh, he is going to be successful at the NFL level. Um, there were some questions that you asked him about uh, what he thought, where he thought Zach Wilson potentially would go into the draft before this season. And was this season surprising? Mm. Um, he had some interesting notes on that. I thought that, you know, him being healthy, uh, the schedule, and also the fact that he had been in the system for the, a couple of years really helped him take off this third season. But his se this season did surprise everybody down in BYU on how successful it was. Um, so there were a couple of things that he, he touched on. And he does believe that he's going to end up being a top, you know, top five pick. And he deserves to be among the names of Fields and Lawrence, where in coming into this year, that wasn't the case. Yeah, he kind of, like I said to uh, Darnell, it kind of seems, and I want to hear what you got to think about this, Wookie. Zach Wilson kind of seems 
not playing at the same school or in a national title game level, but kind of this year's Joe Burrow, where the previous year he's kind of off the radar and so far as being an NFL level prospect, right? right. They all, I should say on the radar, but far fetched to think he's going to be drafted at the top of the draft. And then this year comes for Zach Wilson, 33 TDs, only three inch, ridiculous quarterback rating, you know, 73%. Oh, and then it's kind of like he just came out of nowhere, Wook, and all of a sudden now you look and you see Zach Wilson at the top of these draft boards coming into this year. Did you even, did you just like the rest of us, did you know too much about Zach Wilson? I didn't know much. I mean, I knew, uh, I, I mean, obviously you, you hear the name, you watch ESPN, sports fans watch ESPN. But, I mean, BYU quarterbacks, and for Darnell, for him to say he's the best quarterback that he's seen at BYU, I mean, you're talking Steve Young. Yeah. Uh, Ty Detmer, okay, great. He was he was really great in college, didn't do much in the NFL. Jim McMahon, that's another BYU quarterback. So, not a great sample size, but still, for him to say that this is the best quarterback to come out of that school, that says a lot about the kid, and... To put Nick. any of those off uh, the off-field things to bed, that really sheds a good light on what this kid is all about. Getting it from the local the local reporters, that's the best way to go about it. That's how you find out about a kid when all the hype comes along, because it's going to come for everybody. And Nick. he did so well that he projected himself now as number two, if not 1A, as far as quarterbacks this year. Nick, I'm disappointed. You didn't name the best cat from BYU. Who's the hey, best cat from BYU? Taysom Hill. How did you forget <laughs> Taysom oh, he's Hill? He's a, he's a tight end. I don't know about. <laughs> yeah, no. By default, they somehow end up getting another good quarterback in the pros. Of he course, didn't even, he didn't even play quarterback when he was at BYU, which is stuff. No. Uh, what, another takeaway, Mike. He does think that when it comes to that quote-unquote arm talent, which you almost get sick of hearing about when it comes around draft time. You always hear about people's arm talents. Baker Mayfield, the greatest arm talent, this, that, and the third. But that Zach Wilson is a guy that when I asked him, and you kind of uh, got to it too, who does he kind of remind you of? He said the, the facsimile he sees in the pros, if he reaches his full potential, that he sees him compared to is like a Russell Wilson, which I was like, right. you know, okay, and he's a little taller than Russell Wilson, different body type. But if that's somebody that you're comparing him to, because Zach Wilson is pretty athletic, you know, Russell Wilson went in the second or third round. Zach Wilson's going to go right here at the top of the top of the first. So, I mean, that, that's that's some good company to be in. Aaron Rodgers, another comparison on the show last week by Ryan Clark. We were joking around a little bit about that. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, okay, these are some good comparisons. But coming right. into this year, I didn't even, like, have this kid on the radar, which is just why talking about him is so interesting. And I guess it's one of the reasons Jet fans pump the brakes a little bit. And we threw all the negatives at him, Mike, you know, when it comes to the schedule that he played. Um, Darnell commented on that when it comes to the fact that he really only did it this one year. You know, you got into the reasons right. why, but that right. always is that always for Jet fans is a little concerning for us. Yes, yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, yeah, no, it is concerning. But here's the thing: when you look at a guy like Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky had one year of playing at North Carolina, or yeah, in North Carolina, right? And before that, he hadn't started any games. Okay, and he had that one year, and then it was great, and boom in the NFL. Uh, Zach played freshman and sophomore season, and there was information around in his sophomore season why there was a hit to some of those statistics. He was injured going in with his throwing shoulder, which was an injury that had come from high school. 
And then he broke his hand in the middle of the season, which affected some of those statistics. So there was those ads to that sophomore season. Now he made a humongous jump his junior season, but it's not like this guy is a one-year starter. He has played before. It's just the execution this year was at an all-time level. I mean, he was the sixth highest rated passer of all time this season, right? Um, So adding that and then also asking him, can he take a hit in the NFL? How do we think he can handle the blitz? You know, Darnell said that he doesn't believe that Zach is an injury-prone quarterback, that the injuries that he had sustained are your normal injuries that anyone would have, whether they fall wrong, break their hand, or, um, you know, uh, being under pressure, throwing too much if you're throwing more than you should be. So um, I, I think that he quelled those concerns and obviously against the blitz he says that you know his ability to to get hit his check down to recognize once players are open that that is something that's a strong uh trait with zach the problem that i've heard with zach specifically as i've done some of my research is zach is a cowboy um and he does make those plays like uh, Mahomes, you watch Mahomes, and sometimes the no look, the under the under the underhand throw, quick throw, you know, like those cowboy throws. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that's bad to have in your game. You know, do what you got to do, but you just got to know when it's time to do those. And Zach's going to need to make sure that he's he is implemented within the offense in the NFL before he really starts letting loose and and getting crazy like the way Mahomes does. Yeah, and when it comes to that blitz pickup and the quarterback being able to operate when the play, you know, when the play is going to be a second or two and you got to get the ball out, we've seen that's not a strength of Sam Darnold. <clears throat> you have to give him a pass to a certain degree because the offensive line was so trash the last couple of years. But even in, uh, you know, just regular situations with Sam, when he seemed hurried, that wasn't a strength of his. Doesn't seem to affect Wilson as much. He makes those decisions really quick. These guys cover these dudes, and, you know, you're not going to really see them come on here and bury Wilson, bury Fields, because they both had great years. But I did come away with the, the Wilson interview really impressed with him, Mike. We already had a pretty good grade on him going in. We'll see how the combines work out. We'll get the measurables right. and all those type of things as we get closer to the draft. Lawrence and Fields came in 2018 as the top prospects in the country. Wilson came into BYU not on that same level. And here you are three years later, and he's put himself onto that level. So it's almost like too hard to believe for some Jet fans, you know? You're like, man, how could he be this good? Why wasn't he at a big school to begin with? And that's, I think, where some of the concern comes in and the scare comes in, Mike. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, what I did is, uh, because I've been looking at these quarterbacks nonstop. I've been also checking out Trask tape. I've been checking out, you know, Mac Jones. Um, my father, who a uh, 70-year-old man uh, who's been watching football his entire life, loves the Jets, you know, and he's not into college football. So he's never seen any of these kids throw any of them. All right. And I'm like, Dad, I'm going to show you a couple highlights. I want you. I didn't tell him who they were or what they did, but he sat down and he watched 10 minutes of Trevor Lawrence, 10 minutes of Zach Wilson, 10 minutes of Fields and 10 minutes of Trey Lance. Okay. After watching all of their highlights, I was like, rank them in the most impressive to you from what you saw. And he listed them out as Trey Lance, number one, Zach Wilson, number two, Trevor Lawrence, number three. And he said they were all close, but that was the most impressive. And really the thing that impressed him with uh, 
Trey Lance was his ability to escape the pocket after he got hit. And then I told him, hey, Trey only played one year. This is what's up with Zach Wilson. This is up with uh, uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. And my dad, you know, after hearing that, I would take, he said, I would take Zach Wilson. And I was like, why? And he said, because he makes, from what he saw, he makes plays that none of the other quarterbacks did. Like he play, he throws, the way he throws the ball is very unique. And he was really impressed with his, with his ability to get the ball out. So are we just going to fast forward the part where you strong, you basically strong arm your pops and force him to watch video of quarterbacks? I was, in, <laughs> I was interested. I was interested. To hear, <laughs> like, I'm, hear I'm, I'm breaking your chops. I know, no, but I wanted to. Your dad actually sat down and did that. Oh, too, he loves football. football. Yeah, That's he loves awesome. football. We were hanging out on Sunday night. He, he <laughs> loves football. But he was like, because he was like, what's up with Darnold? And I'm like, dad, what is up with Darnold? And he's like, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, what is Well, it's on. nice to hear that Mr. Lagaris and Darnold Dixon both give us the thumbs up, though, on Zach Wilson. That's <laughs> yep. what I want to hear. I yep. want to hear that seasoned reporters that follow him are on it and Mr. Lagaris. Okay, yeah. both their opinion are just as valid as the other. Um, we're going to get into one more topic before we sign out here, guys. Yep. Um, that we didn't get a chance to speak on last <clears> week because it kind of happened when we were doing our show last week and we'll sign out, Jets fans. You know, we've been covering the Jets now for a couple of years here, me and Mike and the Wook, and we've been covering the saga with Jamal Adams along the way. Mike, before Jamal so, Adams left the Jets, you and I were all for him getting his contract. You, me, me and you were big fans of Jamal Adams. Me and you were like, pay the guy. He's our captain, the whole nine. Everybody's all in. And, you know, last week, Jamal Adams was on somebody's show. Mike, I forget who it was. You know, you, you got you guys sent me the link, and I'm watching this thing. And he called Jet fans now. now. Beyond the organization, beyond the decisions Joe Douglas made, beyond his feelings being hurt and all that, now Jet fans, he's calling flimsy. And I just want to run through real quick and then we'll get out of here because I can't not say something about this. Because the timeline, the timeline of Jamal Adams being with the Jets, obviously, you know, we drafted in 2017, 2018, great year, 100 plus tackles. 2019, you know, the last year he played with us, he had six and a half sacks. They blitzed him 90 times, you know. And then we go into this offseason, 2020. Now the whole country's going through COVID mania. Combines come in March. And if you guys remember what Jamal Adams said, he said he's elated. The guy was, couldn't be more excited to get signed by the team that drafted him and be a Jet and play here. He's captain of the team. He's ready to ride or die, right guys? And then a few months go by, basically two months go by, Jets pick up that option for his last year and Jamal Adams is expecting that contract to come. And now what's kind of lost in the shuffle here is that Jamal Adams is supposed to be your captain of your team. You know, someone who you look to as the example of the squad. So for you to, in March, say you're ready to be here you're excited to be a jet for a long time and then skip all these voluntary camps once you don't get your money right you start bad mouthing the jets and throwing the organization under the bus when you don't get your money when you start leaving social media comments be basically acting like you're embarrassed to be on the team right because a few months go by and you didn't get your money in the time that you wanted. Videos are getting posted now. You're talking to little kids talking about you're trying to get out of New York, okay? Now remember the word flimsy, guys. Let's get back to that word for a second. Flimsy, you know, it means basically something that's not built well, you know, something that's not tough, you know? And this is a person who is epitomizing what it means to be a flimsy human as we're going through this timeline here. Cause like I said, he was all about it a few months later, Jamal's ready to leave us, burying on us left and right because he wanted to get his money, wanted to get his money, he wanted to get his money. Now we're sitting here in 2021, it's February. Guys, has Jamal Adams got his money yet? 
Mm-hmm. Did he get paid yet? Does he is he getting paid twenty million dollars a year by the Seahawks? The answer is no. No, the answer is no. The he got paid. Jamal Adams got paid three million dollars last year. He's going to get paid nine million dollars this year. That's twelve million dollars in two years. If he would have taken his deal with the Jets last year, would have made over ten last year. Would have been making more than ten this year. Would have been one of those Landon Collins contracts. Instead, this guy cost himself already eight million dollars. We'll see how that works out for you moving forward. But you want to use the word flimsy. Now we can go back and forth with the timeline. You all know we won't backtrack too much. But what I want to say about that word, and when you're talking about Jet fans, you know, we're talking about the New Yorkers that make up this area that are Jet fans, and you want to use the word flimsy for people that have not won a Super Bowl since 1969, that haven't been in the playoffs in 10 years, our team, right? The Jets, that torture us over and over again. All these different plays, the butt fumble, the fake spike. Let's, you, you guys know the deal, right, Jet fans? We don't gotta go through it again. Those fans that are still showing up to be number two in attendance, number three in attendance, number two in attendance, number three in attendance, every single year, when we get nothing back, that's flimsy to you? Are you kidding me? It's hard to wrap your brain around it because, you know, New Yorkers, when it comes to our area and when it comes to Jet fans, it's about as loyal as it gets. And that's not something you, you know nothing about. You don't know anything about what it's like to be a New Yorker. You're calling people that right now, you look at the front page of the paper, guys, the past year, it's been tough in New York City. Crime is up. COVID destroyed us for three or four months, right? Spiking, horrible. Worst place in the country for COVID, right? We fought back, we got through it. Like I said, crime's been going crazy in the city. People walking around the city right now still have the memory of 9-11 floating through their head. These are the type of people that make up New York and Jet fans and the fan base that you're calling flimsy. Human beings that have more character and have been through more than Jamal Adams probably has in his entire life. He's calling flimsy because when you were walking out the door and burying the team, okay? When you're burying the team that we root for, you wanted us to ride with you? I don't root for Jamal Adams. I root for the New York Jets, okay? I'm not rooting for no individual player, especially someone that acts like that. That acts like you're a captain, that acts like you wanna be Michael Jordan, right? And you don't get your contract for a few months and you bury the Jets and here we are 10 months later, 10 months later. And how many times is guy gonna do this? We have a, I have a friend of mine that got a divorce, wanted the divorce from his wife. He wanted it. They got a divorce. She moved on with her life. But still, every time I talk to him, he complains about her. And I'm like, bro, you're the one that wanted this. I don't, I don't get the psychology about it. She's good. Jamal, the Jets moved on in this, in this relationship. We got two first. We got a third. We moved on. Why are you so insecure still? Why are you acting like the most sensitive, thin-skinned, flimsy human being every time the Jets get brought up when you got what you wanted? You got what you wanted. And then you went out there this year after you got what you wanted and you played like a scrub. That's what happened, bro. Your PFF rating is trash. You can't cover anyone. Teams picked on you all year long. Yeah, you can blitz people, but guess what? You're not a, you're not a middle linebacker, dude. You're not a defensive end. It's nice that you get sacks, but you stunk this year. On the flip side, Marcus May played great. He's gonna get franchised, make more money than you'll make next year. Fathom that one, Jamal. Fathom that one, pal. Played yourself. And you want to call New Yorkers flimsy. I don't know what else to say, guys. It's just the, the, the words that he used, the actual words that he used about being flimsy. You know, this place that we live and everything that we've gone through here, it just really, really bothered me. You know, especially someone like that doing it. Someone who has yep. no accountability. If Jamal Adams wants to know 
what that means, being flimsy, right? You want to know what that behavior looks like. Just take a look in the marriage of all. Take a look in the mirror. Take a look at your tweets on your way out the door in New York. Okay, because we're not the city that's playing with that type of behavior. ODB was great, guys, right? 1,500 yards, all this. Giant fans peace. were like, peace, bro. Yep. See ya. Absolutely. No, we don't need you here with that nonsense. And Jamal Adams acted like he was the opposite of that. And I'm not saying off the field he had any issues. He didn't. But the second you didn't get what you want, the second you didn't get what you want, you didn't just try to get out of here. You tried to bury the franchise and you're still doing it 10 months later. You're a clown. You're the epitome of flimsy. Don't have New York in your mouth and talk about flimsy. You have nothing, nothing to say about this city. You have no idea, no idea what people from this area are made of. And that's all I got to say about that, guys. I mean, you can't, you can't sum it up much better. Like, you're going to talk about New Yorkers being flimsy people. There's Jet fans that, bro, I mean, I'm not going to say anything negative or derogatory. You you have a hard time getting back out of the borough, bro. You can't you can't play for a team as much as you did ten months later, still crapping on the team. You built there's a fan base there. There's people that supported you, the people that believed in you, and then you just just dump on them as you walk out. Like flimsy is definitely not the word you want to say about New York, man. I'm just saying. Look, like, look, it's it gets very simple. It's he not just, what you want to say. He didn't have what it takes. No, it's plain and simple. He, he didn't. Have, he didn't. Work. He didn't have what it takes, and that's it. He didn't make it. There's a lot of people that try. They don't make it. Eli Manning made it. He did it in New York. Took all of it. All of the the, the 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 beat writers. All of the negative comments. All that. And you know what? He shut the hell up. He went out there and he played, and he won, and he's a legend. I'm. I'm. This is a giant. This is the Giants now. You know what I'm saying? Played in New York, legend. Okay, beat Brady twice. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't afraid. Did what he had to do. You know, Carmelo Anthony. You can say whatever you want about Carmelo Anthony. He had the balls to get him over here and do do what he had to do. Yep, he, went, he yep. didn't win. Yeah, yeah but you know what? He wasn't afraid. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. Did what he had to do. Took it like a man. You know what I'm saying? Every year, right? You know, but you met. They have a funny saying when they say well, you can if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. It's real because if you could make it in New York. You're beyond anything that we wins in Indianapolis, wins in Florida, wins in Texas. You win a chip here, you are a legend. And oh, don't ask, oh, ask Mark Messier. Oh, <laughs> don't talk to Mark Messier about that. Talk to Derek Jeter. Okay? These cats, they're immortalized. <laughs> and New York never forgets, right? So that's what it oh, is. No. He didn't have you didn't have what it takes. We got and two minutes before this thing cuts us off. Enjoy the Pacific yeah. Northwest. You know, he wants to model himself after MJ, man. MJ came into the league. The Bulls were the worst. And they were garbage for his first three or four years. And he wasn't talking to his agent trying to get out of there. He was trying to put that team on his back and make them something. So yeah. don't act like you, you're you going to idolize people that you act the complete opposite of. You know, right. it's of like these, these, these athletes that are complete clowns and have no idea about the struggle some people went through and want to talk about how they idolize Muhammad Ali. It's like, don't don't speak that person's name in your mouth when you're a clown. Yeah. All right, but guys, that's all we got for you this week, though. I hope you enjoyed the, inter the interview with Darnell Dixon on Zach Wilson. Part two of the QB Chronicles. Part three will be coming up next week. A little Sam Darnold action. Probably the third most likely option a quarterback for us, Mike, but we still got to get to it. We're going to go through, uh, you know, Sam's career, chop it up with some of our fellow Jet fan experts and the Wookiee as well. But Mike, if anyone does want to support us, get at us, tweet at us, contact us in any way, shape or form. Where could they do that? 
Well, we're hosted in the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us on all our major platforms and also YouTube. Please give us a five-star rating. We appreciate it. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest jet fan in the state of Texas and the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. My name is Keith Farrell. Good at you next time, everybody. Peace out. Hey, this is Joe Namus, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans, Jet fans, Jet fans, fans are very passionate. Bird, ready, bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Call the number believers.